0: you it's all dog around his mug. I'm good.
1: What's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. I hope everybody had a great uh Juneteenth slash Father's Day weekend. Uh, I really enjoyed my weekend. Um, as some of you may know, most of you may know, you know, I am a father and um had opportunity to not only spend time uh with my, my son. Um but my mom and uh sister came down uh to Myrtle Beach to spend a little time with your boy too. So shouts out to them man uh it was a great time always fun. Had opportunity to even uh do a uh, an event um we took part in the Juneteenth festival for the radio station I work at WLGI. So it was a fun filled weekend man and, and not to mention yesterday I was off for Juneteenth. Um so I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, unfortunately, um, I'm a little bit under the weather, folks. You know, I got a little sniffle and a cold. I've been coughing all day, uh, have been taking some meds, but, you know, I, I did want to do a show because it's been a while since I've done one. Um, but I am going to be taking phone calls. You know, I'm going to leave it in the hands of, of you all uh, tonight to kind of lead the way because your boy, once again, uh, I start talking a little bit too much, start coughing and sniffling. So we're gonna be talking about on this edition, we're gonna be talking about the the number two cornerback competition that's uh taking place, uh has been underway uh since the beginning of the offseason. Um, that involves uh cornerbacks Alante Taylor and Paulson Adibo. Uh, Paulson Adibo uh came uh to the NFL a year before uh Alante Taylor did. Alante Taylor came into the league in twenty twenty two, Paulson Adibo in twenty twenty-one. And uh this is one of those competitions that you know it's, it's like iron sharpens iron it's, it's one of those situations where both guys are extremely talented both guys are really really good and there are really no losers in this situation because regardless both of these guys are going to see the field um and what capacity and how much uh is the question so that is the question on this edition of the state of the saints podcast and we're going to be answering uh Paulson Adebo or Alante Taylor, which one uh, would you choose and why? Um, I I talked a little bit about this on the little short podcast that we did last time. And, you know, some people were saying that I was tripping and because, you know, Alante Taylor is better than Paulson Adebo in a discussion, you know, ain't nothing to talk about. But my only question was, how do you know this? Like, how do you know that this guy is better than Paulson Adebo? I mean, both of these guys have been into the the league uh, for a a short uh, period of time. So I'm like, how in the world can anybody know that one is better than the other? Both of these guys are equally talented. Both of these guys have good traits. Uh, Both of these guys have uh, not so good traits. You know, both of these guys have uh, made plays. And sometimes with both of these guys have been liabilities, but I don't think that anybody can just you know definitely and emphatically say that one is better than the other but I'm going to give people opportunity to speak and give their their thoughts on that uh who they feel will win this competition and who they feel is the better cornerback uh we're going to be opening up the phone lines really soon but in the meantime um I want to answer some of your questions Um, uh, this is not going to be a long show of course folks but you know, I do want to hear what you all have to say about this uh, this competition. Uh, let's see. Let me stroll down. Um, let's start with uh, Roderick says Team Adebo right here says, "Hey T.J., uh, got an herbal remedy that will put that cold out of your misery." Well, I'm I'm open to hearing what you got to say because one, I, I don't like being sick. Number two, um, is is, is affecting uh my throat making it sore so everybody knows i mean i talk for a living so <laughs> definitely don't want to be out of commission uh with a sore throat uh, i had some chloroseptic that i took this morning <laughs> i've been taking some mucinex uh during the day um, my wife brought uh some some nyquil home so your boy gonna go night night when this is all said and done try to sleep this thing through because uh it's been rough man and i hate being sick i hate being sick with a passion uh cornerback number one taylor cornerback number two adebo uh adebo had a sophomore slump he will uh, have a bounce back third season um i'm thinking adebo will likely come out on top don't forget i'm saying at first Derek carr will pass for over 4,000 yards and the saints will break their franchise uh season wins yes i'm a true believer well carlton um you know there ain't nothing wrong with that Look, I'm not here to knock anybody about their feelings and their views. You know, I'm I'm not doing that. You know, I can understand why people are so excited about this team and and and, and you know and what they're they're putting together. Um, but you know, I'm one of those people. You know, I want to reserve my judgment. But I mean, I'm hoping that you're right. To be honest with you, uh, let's see. Uh, Call uh is about to have a sophomore slump. I don't know exactly was that. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's nice sentiments uh Carlton, but I, I can't believe it lie as easily as I can tell one. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I mean, it, like I said, it's it's not a bad thing to be excited, you know, about this team. I mean, I can understand why people are excited about this team and what the direction that they're going in. So I'm not going to knock anybody if they have high expectations for the team. I mean, we all should, you know, based on, you know, what they brought to the table, but I mean, we had high expectations last year and look what happened. Uh They both had really good rookie seasons. It's too early to compare them now, in my opinion, let's see what they do this year. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. You know, I, I don't, I don't understand like how anybody could, you know, say one is better than the other. I look, I would prefer somebody to say, I would, you know, I want that one over the other, but to say, I've I've had conversations with people like, man, you know, Elante Taylor is better than Paulson the Debo. Like Elante Taylor just got into the league. And I went back and I watched some of them games, man. I mean, Elante Taylor made some good plays, but he struggled too. You know, like just like Paulson the Debo had some good plays and he struggled. So I just I I honestly feel like, and I'm not trying to knock anybody, and I'm not trying to disrespect anybody. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm saying that you don't understand the game and all that kind of stuff, but I do understand that we can be prisoners of the moment from time to time. When we want something so badly, uh, you know, we we drown out anything else that will take away from our thoughts and our opinions about a certain thing or a certain person, and I just think that Elante Taylor's personality is one of the main factors why people like him as much, and a, and a little bit more than Paulson the Debo, because it can't just be about plate. I can understand Lante Taylor is a very animated guy. He he's a a boisterous guy. He's confident, and you know Paulson the Debo is a he has confidence too, but he, he's not one of those ones guys that's just out there toting the drum and you know and letting everybody know that he's here like Alante does. And I just think that the confidence that Alante Taylor has, it, it kind of helps him, you know, jump to the to the front of the line over Paulson and Debo. It can't just be about play, because once again, I mean, both of these guys got good qualities. Both of these guys got things they need to work on. So I'm just wondering, like, when people say, "Man, Alante Taylor, that that's just it. He just much better than than Paulson." I'm like, how do you know this? But let me go. Um, let me go ahead and put the link in the uh in the chat here uh, once again i apologize folks if i'm not as boisterous or as animated as i, I normally uh be on these shows you know but like i said it's just dealing with this code here and uh you know hopefully we can get through this really really quick <laughs> um not the show i'm talking about this code <laughs> as i wipe my nose <laughs> but um let me read some more before we uh open up the phone lines here Let's see. I says, what's up, TJ? Love the show. My two cents is this is a great problem to have. Either one can play and provide starter depth. Well, both of these guys can do, like I said, like I, I agree with you, what you're saying, uh, 504. This is a win-win situation for the team and, and the fan base. You know, like, I remember a time where we just wished that we had one cornerback. You know, now we have at least four on this team that are capable of playing on the inside and out if you add Bradley Roby. You know, so I mean, this is this is a good problem to have bro, versus the times where uh, the Saints had cornerbacks on this team and these guys couldn't stop nobody, right? So, good problem to have. Uh, We're gonna go to Jerry. Jerry, how you doing, man? What's going on, TJ? How you
0: feeling, bro? I heard you got, got a cold,
1: right? Yeah, man, a little cold, man. Uh, been coughing periodically and uh, sniffling, man. So, hopefully, I can get through this. And uh, you Who know. Will. It's cool, man. I mean, it, it Well, hey, hey,
0: let me tell you like
1: this: as long as them fans ain't giving you no cold, we good. Nah, man, not, <laughs> nah. they ain't giving me no cold, man. But yeah, so hopefully, hopefully we can get like I said, man. I, I just don't like being sick. But um, all man. in all, man. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, get through it. Just take this medicine and just uh, yeah, you take it day by day. Uh, but how you been, man? How, how was your weekend? Um, how the family doing?
0: everybody's doing good tj my look i had a good birthday last weekend Father's Day weekend was good juneteenth was good yeah but uh yeah we, we've been having some rough stuff uh rough weather lately uh, We yeah ha- i know we had some storms on monday and I yeah
1: know, yeah you know, man pra-
0: and prayers out to jackson county in uh, south mississippi uh, yep to go out to them.
1: yeah man um when my mom and them stay out there in vicksburg um they had like uh Storm kind of came through there, knocked down some trees. People don't have power as of right now. So uh yeah. um, prayers going out to people of Vicksburg, you know, dealing with that. Yeah, man, it, it's been rough, man, all over. I mean, it's been storming here all day as well, man. So people that's, that's staying in these areas, man, be careful out there. You know, be careful. Uh, You know, listen to uh, the National Weather Service. Don't be trying to be a hero. Things can't be replaced, you know, if you've ever been facing that situation. You know, there's only one you. You know what I'm saying? They they make those TVs and them cars a dime a dozen. You know, just mm-hmm. want to let y'all know that. But uh yeah. Jerry, Jerry, what, what you got for us, man?
0: Yeah, uh just to close out on that. Um uh, you know, everybody's recovering right now, you know, everybody getting their power lines back up. So that's good news. I just saw it on the local news. But about this uh this cornerback uh battle between Paulson Adebo and Alante Taylor, I'm gonna give the cb1 to taylor because okay that dude right there tj if some of y'all shout shouts out to everybody in in the chat who that to y'all mm-hmm. if y'all saw the saints play the raiders last year alante taylor who nobody knew mm-hmm. came out of nowhere and shut down Devontae adams i mean tj they were Taylor wouldn't give Adams an inch to try to do something. Hmm. That's why I got him at CB one because that dude's a dog. Hmm. Yeah, that's why I'm giving CB two to a D He proved me something, but when Taylor came in, that changed the whole platform.
1: Hey, I'm a, I'm gonna tell you this. Okay, you, who was the first wide receiver that Alante Taylor lined up against in the first game? That was uh, uh oh. DeAndre Hopkins, right? Yep. Okay. And then the second week it was um it was Deontay Adams, right? It was yep. Adams, right?
0: Devontae Adams,
1: yep. Who who was the first who was the first wide receiver posting the Debo lined up against? Devontae Ooh. Adams, week yeah. one was yep. the Green Bay Packers? Yeah. Right. And he caught an interception yep. yeah, off Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, <laughs> ah, yeah, that's then, when, there when we go. He gave
0: the Packers that 38-3 beat down hey, in Jacksonville.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like he was a, he was a part of it. So
0: Man, what's up, man?
1: Say say who that?
0: Who
1: that? All right. Who that? All right. <laughs> what's up, nephew? <laughs> <laughs> what you got, man? The night before the dentist. Okay, we're gonna read Ooh. that one tonight, okay? After daddy finished this show. Oh, but, that's, uh, a that's a good one. Yeah man but yeah like I said man both of these guys look both of these guys if you if you want to put like resumes up against one another they both got you know what I'm saying they they both have a a resume you know even though that is short they still have you they you still can make a case for either one of those guys I mean look I like both of them like yeah me too I'm not one of those people that's like man I want this person over like Is win-win to me, because both of them to me have that dog mentality. Both of those guys have that energy that you you look for. I just think that when it comes to uh, Alante Taylor, I feel like Elante has like, he's more boisterous. And because of that, Mm -hmm. it it makes him stand out a little bit more than Paulson. Paulson is more of a guy who's soft-spoken, but he he can go out there and he can ball out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, look, but I, I don't got no problem with Taylor at all, man. I think that both, of the, I think both of these guys are, are what the Saints actually need going forward. And and quite honestly, you know, this could be the future of the Saints' uh secondary. You know, one and two respectively. Once, uh, because you know, I mean, Lattimore going into his seventh year, so yep. it might become a time where both of these guys are, are, are one and two respectively. So there right. we go.
0: Hey, but look, hey, I, I, let, me, let me tell you this, TJ. As long as they make that secondary the most dominant. Secondary of the New Orleans Saints. I don't mm-hmm. care if Taylor is uh, is number one or
1: right.
0: Debo is number one. Both of them out there playing their asses off. Right. And I'm telling you, bro, and if, uh, if you got these and you got these young and you got these young people. You got these young corners that's coming in to fill that gap because if if you put them with Taylor and a Debo
1: mm-hmm. with Lattimore, yep, fella. Yeah, I mean look, I just think the sky's the limit for, for this team, you know, and, and these guys. And I, I look, I'm I, I know for a fact, and I'm not trying to make excuses, but I know for a fact Paulson Debo was uh was way more injured than they made it out to be. I know this for a fact. And then the person that that told me this is close to the team, and you know what I'm saying, and I respect their opinions. So Mm -hmm. I think I think a lot of the up and down had a lot to do with the fact that Paulson wanted to be out there on the field. He dealt with a high ankle sprain. It was it was much it was much more than that. than they they let on. And I just think that it kind of affected his play. And it could change the perspective of how people uh, feel about him. But I'm just saying, like, give this guy an opportunity Mm -hmm. because, man, the dude was like, really, man, he, he was locking dudes down. At training camp. You know, and then all of a sudden, yeah, like, yeah. and then all of a sudden, here come that high ankle sprain, and then all of a sudden, like, he he wasn't the same player. So, I, I just say, man, for people that just kind of writing this guy off because he went through a sophomore slump, I say, give him an opportunity, man, because I yeah. wouldn't want and on the on the same, uh, you know, and if the shoe is on other foot, so to speak, if Alante Taylor was to go out here and have a sophomore slump too, I wouldn't want people to like write him off either. You know, I just think right. that, when guys come into the league, there's only so much film that you can watch, right? Because when guys play in college, you know you you understand a few of their tendencies, but when they get to the pros, you don't know what you're gonna get. You might get a guy that gets beat constantly, or that guy might turn into Sauce Gardner. You like you don't know until you actually put those guys out there and 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 get them to play. So when they have when you have a large sample size of their tendencies and the way that they're playing, the way they approach the game. You can actually, you know, kind of put, a, you know, an offensive game plan against them that can work in your favor. So yeah. I just say, you know, man, give these guys an the opportunity to grow before we start yeah. talking about these guys uh, just lost causes. That's that's my only point. Yeah, I agree with you,
0: TJ. Yeah, that's but that's all I got right now, TJ. I know somebody else is getting ready to come on, but uh I just want to come on here and give you my thoughts and my opinion of who's gonna be uh cornerback number one and cornerback number two uh okay upcoming season so yeah but uh but you but 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 but, uh tj uh you take care of yourself and uh hope you feel a whole lot better than you than you are now my brother
1: yeah thank thank you so much man and thank you for chiming in and uh call back anytime jerry will do tj y'all be blessed uh you do the same man okay man yeah yeah shout out to jerry man yeah i mean look there's no right or wrong about this, you know? Like, this is what the whole point of this show uh, is. Um, you know, uh, talking about which cornerback you will prefer uh, and why, you know? But like I said, there's no right or wrong. Both of these guys are equally good. And both of these guys are a lot, a lot similar, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to their play than you think, you know? Because I want people to understand this, right? I, I know last show, uh somebody said that, you know, I use like certain statistics to try to make Paulson and Debo stand out. But okay, I'll go a little deeper than that, right? Because Paulson and Debo what played only two seasons in the NFL. Elante Taylor played one. All right. So here's the thing. I want y'all to, I want y'all before we get to uh Mike, for those that can, I want you to pull out a calculator. All right. This is what I want you to do. All right. So you got Alante Taylor only one season according to Pro Football Focus. He had a overall of 54.5, right? Now, Paulson Adebo in 2022 had a a score and a grade of 49.1. That's what he had last season, right? But Paulson Adebo in his rookie season in his very first season in the National Football League he had an average of 60.3 all right so if you put that 49.1 plus the 60.3 right you know if you if you add those up and you divide that by two that will put him at a 54.7 and a latte taylor has a 54.5 so if you're trying to basically grade these two guys based on who is who, is where, they're basically identical, right? You know what I'm saying? So if you take Paulson Debo's strongest season, his rookie season, and his sophomore slump, and you divide that, you, you got the same thing as Paulson Adebo. So there you go, take it for what it is. All right, we're gonna go with Mike. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. All right, what, what you got for us, man? Well, yeah.
2: Um, the cornerback battle, stuff like that. Like we all know that Marshawn Lynch wants to be our number one corner. Like there's no doubt in anybody's mind. But the number two and number three corners are what we're gonna be looking at. And I think you said it perfectly. You know, Alante Taylor had an amazing rookie season. Paulson Adebo also had an amazing rookie season. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, he had a slump in his sophomore year, but when have we seen somebody have a sophomore slump and then come back the next year, like ready to go? Like, that's what a lot of guys like, like, you're not going to get like 100% of your guys playing amazing. Like every year, like there's going to be some games where they play like the best in the world. And there's going to be some where they play like the worst in the world. And some games are decent. So like, It's hard to, like, say the number two and number three corners. In my opinion, I feel like Paul Sennett-Debo will still be the number two corner. But if he doesn't do great this season, I won't be surprised if we make a switch to Alonso Taylor as the number two corner. But the cornerback room is intriguing to me, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's just like the wide receiver room, man, where you got so many talent, but how good will it be on the field, you know? Cause you can have talent in minicamp, you can have t- you can have talent in OTAs, you can have talent in training camp. Like you can even have talent in the preseason. But how is it gonna fare in the regular season and if the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Like, cause we need 17 game guys. We cannot have guys that will be good one game, suck for the next five. Good two games, suck for the next six. We cannot have that. We need 100% consistency. That, would, that that one makes, like, the Darrell Revises, the Sauce Gardeners, uh, the people like that, because they always are consistent with their play. Like, yes, they allow a couple touchdowns from here and there, but they're consistent with it. Like, they're not allowing 15 touchdowns a year like some of these guys. So, Paulson Adebo, yes, he had a bad year last year, but we got to put into consideration that – He Like, his rookie year, he was consistent, man. Like, there was this one play to end the season – or, like, the last game of the season, the man dove five feet and caught an interception with one hand. So, like, people want to say he had a sophomore slump, and I agree with you. But, like – and I don't really like going, like, in the past too far. Mm -hmm. But it's – like, it's things like this where you have to do it because – Like, it's one thing if he played, like, five years already and he's only had, like, one good year and that was his rookie year. Fine, Mm -hmm. you have me there. But he's only played two seasons. You're acting like this man has played ten years already. Like, this man has played two seasons. Like, he played last season and the year before. Yes, he had some bad plays last year, and I am still sick of those plays. But, Paulson Adebo has trained hard. Like, He's trained like, am I being like what I saw from him? He's trained hard, so that's what I got. Paul the I think will still be in the number two corner. And if he and if and if he does not do good this year, I won't be surprised if we have a switch. But that's what's on my mind,
1: yeah. Look, I, I agree with you, Mike. You know, the thing is, I think both of these guys are extremely talented, but it is too close to calling, it's too early in these guys' career for us to just decisively say one is better than the other, and uh, um, you know. I, I can understand how people may feel like one guy has, like, a, you know, a really good solid season, and then there's a drop-off. I mean, if if you want to be real, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, even with uh with Lattimore, Lattimore first year, if I'm not mistaken, I think his PFF was, like, uh, 86. And then in his the, the sophomore year, he went down to, like, a 73. So, I mean, he dropped off. I mean, when teams can be able to scheme against you, and they can understand your tendencies. It, it, you know, they can come up with a game plan. When you're a rookie, man, these 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 teams don't know what you what you're gonna do, right? I mean, when you get when they get a larger sample size, then they can find a way to scheme against you. But in the meantime, you know, you're gonna reap the benefits of of being a, a unknown. And uh, you know, I I look at Paulson Adebo. I look at his size. I look at his speed. I look at the fact that you know he has like really good hands for a cornerback but also look at the fact that the dude was dealing with an ankle injury uh you know the high ankle sprain and that is not something that just gonna go away that's something that lingers alone especially if you haven't uh had surgery on it or anything like that which i think he decided not to do throughout the season so the reality is you're probably going to have you know some issues but at the same time it's not a reason to write this guy off now if this is, like you said, a reoccurring thing, it happens over and over and over again, you know, at, at the same time, you know, like you got to do what you got to do, right? But at, at, when you have a guy going to the second season, a guy going to the third season, and you're saying this guy's better, that guy's better, I just think it's too close to call. Uh, Mike, you got anything else, man?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to y'all off of this, man. Like, I just read the comments, right? And you're saying that Sauce Gardner... Dropped like six interceptions last year. That may be true, but how much touchdowns did he allow? Like, Marshawn Lattimore has not been known to get so many interceptions, but how much touchdowns does he allow? Sauce so Garner, how much? He only allowed one touchdown, and that was not even his fault. Mm-hmm. So, like, yes, I know Sauce so Garner dropped six interceptions, but, like, not. Like these corners that are like top of their game, they are not known. Like a lot of them are not known for interceptions. They're known for pass breakups, which Sauce Gardner does, and they're known for not allowing touchdowns, which Sauce Gardner does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and also yes, I know my voice sounds exhausted. Yes, I yes. All right, you can stop saying that now. But yeah, um. So yeah, that's what I got, man. Like like, if I hear one more Sauce Gardner drop six interceptions. I might, I might blow up
1: on stream. I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, um, yeah. Nah, man, look, don't, don't worry about it. And also don't worry about what the comments say either, man. I mean, people all just right, giving their worried. opinions and thoughts, but I mean, we, we, we all just doing that at the end of the day, you know, we all just kind of throwing something against the wall and hope that it sticks when it comes to Salt's garden. the only reason why I'm mentioning them is the same reason why some of y'all praising Alante Taylor. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's the same situation, you know, like you have, if you start your career on a high note, you know, people might start singing your praises, but we don't know exactly what's going to take place the following year, you know, like, but at the end of the day, even if Sauce Gardner takes a drop back, you know what I'm saying, a fall back a little bit, that that's not an indication of what his career will look like, you know? So some guys start off on a high note and they come crashing down and then some guys, you know, start off on a high note and they get a little higher, you know. So that's just the way that it goes. But I'm not going to be evaluating and saying so. I'm not going to say Sauce Gardner is the best cornerback in the league. I'm going to say, you know, what I'm saying based on what he did, he, you know, what I'm saying the sky's the limit for the guy. So that's just the way that I look at it. You know, like you can't just go out here and just say, oh, this guy's the best ever after one season, you know. I mean, how many guys have we seen? We seen RG3. Like, if you would looked at RG3 first year, you would have thought he would have been one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Vince Young is another guy. You would have thought that he was gonna be like one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so you gotta let these things kind of play out and um if, you know, and evaluate accordingly. But uh Mike, thank you so much. Uh man, uh feel free to call back anytime, man. All uh- right, all right, take it easy. Yeah, yeah. Man, shouts shout out to Mike. Man, shouts out to him. Man, that was, he had a good point. You know, he, he was talking about consistency at the cornerback position. I think that that separates the good from the great. When you're consistent at at playing the cornerback position, consistent at playing the quarterback position, that's the definition of greatness. You know, like you're gonna have some bad games. You're gonna have some games where you throw an interception if you're if you're a quarterback. You're gonna have some games where you fumble a football if you're a running back. Drop a pass if you're a receiver, but when you consistently make plays more often than you make mistakes, then that, that is the definition of greatness. So as long as you keep that same energy. So let me go ahead and read some of your comments. Uh Let's go with DJ. He said he had a sophomore slump and was dealing with injuries. Yeah. I mean, like I said, someone told me that uh, he, he was dealing with the injury throughout the season that, that affected his play. And I believe, him. <clears throat> I mean, he in his in his rookie season you know he he gave up some plays of course i'm talking to debo but um you know there was there was a a lot of things that took place that i just felt like it had a lot to do with his injury and i think he's gonna have a better showing uh let's see two i'm glad they're both better than eli apple uh <laughs> that's not saying much uh michael knows his stuff talk that talk uh yes, TJ. So y'all stop praising Sauce Gardner. It was his rookie season. Nobody's praising Sauce Gardner, but you have to acknowledge the what you see. You know, like it's kind of like when we were talking about Marshawn Lattimore in his rookie season. So kind of the same thing. Nobody, nobody was like saying like you know he's the he's the greatest ever. You know, like not in his first season, but I ain't gonna lie to you. Like around three and four, when I seen him locking down some of them corners every single year consistently. Uh, I definitely said that he's the best cornerback the Saints ever had. And I still feel that way. I still feel wholeheartedly that Marshawn Lattimore is the greatest Saints cornerback that they ever had. I'm sorry. that That's just the way I, I've never seen. I've been watching the Saints football for a long time. I've been watching him for a very, very long time. I have never seen one cornerback that for the Saints just shut down the entire field more consistent than Marshawn Lattimore. Now, you got guys that were pretty, you know, that were good and they were solid, but they weren't like, man, I want you to guard this dude all game. And this dude is, you know, got about six targets thrown at him and he only catch one. I ain't, I ain't never seen nothing like that. You know, not in the Saints uniform. So I, I got, that's how much respect I got for uh, March on Lattimore. Let's see, uh, TJ, that's recency bias, rearing his ugly head again in the chat. Well, I I don't know. <coughs> excuse me. I don't know if that's. A, I think I think in some cases it is. Um, Keen Arthur and other guys. You know, I just feel like maybe they just prefer because man, it, it at this particular point, it's not about play. It's about preference. Like if if we were talking about, let's just say Alante Taylor was in his third season, playing consistently and. Paulson Adebo was up and down, up and down, up and down. I can can understand that a little bit more because you have a larger sample size from Taylor and Adebo for you to come up with this decision. Or, you know, in this case, if Alante going into the third season, the fourth season, up and down for Adebo, consistent play for Alante, you got to concede. But going into year three and going into year two, like, how can you do that? How can you do that, man? Like, and both of these guys, to me, like I said, they they make big plays and they giving up big plays. Oh, uh, let's see. I'll take Champ Bailey over Revis. Oh uh, man. Uh that's a tough one right there. But if we talk well, I that's a tough one. That's a tough one right there. Like, I think people tend to forget how how great Champ Bailey was when he was like in his prime. Um yeah, but Reeves, you know, both of those guys are really, really good. kind of hard to pick between the two. Uh yeah, y'all right, TJ. Speaking on sauce as you explained uh explain, you and Mike uh use him as an example. Yeah, I was I was uh yeah, if 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 you took like I'm just looking at him as the, you know, you know, like the goat or something like that right now. Absolutely not. Um I, I just I just used him as a way of basically just saying like you know how guys can start off. You know guys can start off with the jetpack on. You know what I'm saying, headed towards the moon. You know what I'm saying, and then that jetpack run out of jet fuel and and they come crashing down Earth. You know, but right now this man is on. You got the jetpack going, man. He, he almost in out of space. You know, and if he can put on like another season like he did his rookie year, then he definitely gonna be in that conversation. Now, I will say this: I think a lot of what Sauce Gardner is and and what you know what I'm saying what they want him to be has a lot to do with where he's playing he's playing in the new york market which is a big market and they love to have the best cornerback or the best player at a certain position playing in those bigger markets so i do feel like th- this is this is me personally um i feel like if sauce Gardner was the cornerback for the atlanta falcons he would not be receiving as much attention as he did as he is right now i think it i think it's I think he would receive attention, but it wouldn't be on his level. I think that he is good, but it's also helping his cause that he plays in New York. Because Lattimore was just as good as he was in his rookie season. And even though he won defensive rookie of the year, nobody was really talking about him like that. They was was trying to find other guys on the defensive side of the football to give it to other than him. But when the Saints, you know, was – was winning, you know what I'm saying? They had a playoff performance. He was able to, you know, put, a, you know, catch some interceptions and uh, you know, neutralize some players that they had a name. They had no choice. So, but yeah, I this I do think that it, it's like I, I think I think Sauce Gardner playing in the New York market kind of helps his cause. I don't think that it would be. I don't think he'll be on the lips of everybody the way that he is if he didn't play in New York. That's just that. Just that's Just my opinion. Uh, let's see. Did y'all tell Lattimore happy Father's Day, Mike? That man's son. <laughs> y'all. You know, let's see. Uh, Laddie, Daddy, he is the best. Period. Uh, who that Jerry? Uh, who that fam? Says, uh, King Arthur. No, but you don't uh drop six picks. Well, look you play cornerback for a reason most most guys play cornerback because they're athletic and they can't catch you know like if if he was if he was catching passes like that then they probably would have put him at wide receiver and kept him there you know that's just the way that it goes you know a lot of these guys can't catch you know cornerbacks man they they they're not they don't have strong hands. you know like that's the reason why they play cornerback lattimore over tracy porter yep Absolutely. Yep. Look, I like Tracy Porter, but to me, now he, he' not better than he's not better than Lattimore. I like him. I, I, I respect him, but he's not better than Marshawn Lattimore. Not in my opinion. I, I think that, you know, of course, Tracy Porter gave us the greatest moment in New Orleans Saints history. You know, I, I give him that, but better than Lattimore? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I would not see that. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's a reoccurring theme rookies take the league by storm then a lot of times have a sophomore slump teens get that film on it. yep more games you played again break down your tendencies and game plan against you that's just the way that it goes uh Lattimore will forever be a saint legend for turning our secondary around after those brutal years between 2011 and 2016. I agree with that uh, Tracy was decent. Had two great plays. Finished uh, his rookie season before he broke his wrist. Look, I, look, I think, I think Tracy Porter was a decent. I, I, that's a really good word. A decent cornerback. Was he the greatest cornerback? No. It, was he one of the greatest New Orleans Saint cornerbacks of all time. I hate to say it, but that's not saying much. Um, that's not saying much at all. You know, like that. That's not saying much at all um there's only a handful of guys that you can think of you know that that were like really great cornerbacks for the new orleans saints right i mean so that's not saying much but he is not better he is not better than marshawn Lattimore. let's see tracy porter is my hall of fame uh come on uh dude uh hands down mr Pick six for the win hells yes yeah that's because of what he did that's because he gave you a the greatest feel-good moment in New Orleans Saints history. I'm not knocking him for that. He he did that. He gave us the greatest moment in New Orleans Saints history. He gave us two of the most important plays in New Orleans Saints history. The interception that he had off Brett Favre and the pick six to uh, pretty much uh, seal the deal for the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 44. I I will never take that away from Tracy Porter. Nothing but respect for the dude. But look the game is played longer than just two plays. And I just think that, you know, those feel-good moments, you know, kind of put him ahead of the curve. That that That's that's my whole point about this Alante Taylor Paulson and Debo debate. It's like, who's giving you that, that moment that, you know what I'm saying, that sticks? Or who gives you that moment that's most recently, right? Tracy Porter gave us great moments, but to say that he's better than, Marshawn Lattimore to me is laughable I mean it is it is that that's to me that's like saying um that's like saying Malcolm Butler is better than Darrell Reeves because Malcolm Butler jumped in front of uh Russell Wilson's pass and caught the interception and was the Super Bowl hero like that that's the way that's the way it, it feels to me like Tracy Porter like I don't know man and if if you think about it man them boys were getting worked out there you know like Sidney Rice was working that boy like seriously like if you go back and watch the NFC championship game they was going tit for tat right Brad Fall was throwing the ball down the field uh Ashante Shanko I mean I, Ashante Shanko got him right because I remember I know y'all remember Tracy Porter pulling on that man jersey you know what I'm saying like you know, stretching that elastic out. And also with Sydney Rice was out there um doing some dirt. So, I mean, all I'm saying is sometimes when guys give us those moments, those are lasting moments that, you know, that forever be solidified and, 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 and forever just embedded and drilled inside our heads. We have a tendency of kind of exacerbating that, that person, you know what I'm saying? Blowing them up, you know what I'm saying? But, Tracy Porter, great, great moment, great, great cornerback. Nah, see. TJ, uh, got that Steve Harvey cut. Who that fan? <laughs> hey man, look, I got gotta go to that barbershop, man. Gotta gotta get that hair cut. Yeah, but thing about its I'm gonna be honest with you. Like since we on this part, you know, um, man, I, I just uh decided, you know, to to stop wearing hats for a little while, man, because I heard like it kind of dry out your hair, you know? So I've been, uh, you know, shampoo and conditioner as I've been doing, but a lot of times when I put the hat on, I wear hats so much, it dry out. So that's the reason I ain't got no hat on today. It has nothing to do with the line. Just something I just decided to do. And, you know, decided that, uh, you know, kind of hold off on the hats for a while. Cause I am thinking about possibly growing my hair off, you know, I got to see though. I don't think at this stage in my life I can just deal with the ugly stages it takes to grow your hair Says Says, uh, is uh, Chase Young uh, deal dead? No, nah, I, I think as long as they don't sign him, they don't extend him, there's still a possibility that they can trade him. TJ got that Street Fighter 2 thumbnail. Yeah, man, that was my whole theme that I was going for. You know, the whole uh, Street Fighter 2 thing. I'm glad somebody caught it. Shouts out to Slim South. Now I want to say Jerry caught it too. I think Jerry mentioned it as well. Yeah, man. But that was the whole, that was the whole point, you know, of, of the uh graphic that uh I designed today. Uh 2009 was Porter Sophomore season. Yeah. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Let's see. Uh no more Randall Gay days. Yeah, Randall Gay was decent as well. You know, uh, him, uh Jabari Greer, you know, Jabari Greer, one of the top cornerbacks in Saints history. Once again, I'm sorry, but that's not saying much. It's not a knock on, on Jabari Greer because he was definitely above average. But uh, when you start th- thinking and talking about some of the best players uh, in Saints history, you probably going to start mentioning guys that played from 2006 to the present. I mean, that's just how it is. You know, <coughs> excuse me. It says, uh, I remember we offered Dion a big contract, but he chose San Francisco instead for one year in 94. That was a smart decision. I'm sorry. I know I'm a Saints fan, but that was a smart decision because this team was trash. And at this time, may God bless his soul and may his soul rest, but Tom Benson was cheap. He did not want to pay for talent at all. Honestly, that's the reason why the Saints kind of took a step back. I mean, it was a blessing in disguise when you look at it in hindsight, but in in the year 2000 when the Saints went to the playoffs and won and beat the Rams, right, the Saints had a really good defense under Jim Haskins. They had Sammy Knight as the safety. They had Leroy Glover. They had Norman Hand. And they had Joe Johnson. You know, and, you know, they had Mark Fields and all these other guys out there. They didn't pay Leroy Glover. Think about, like, Leroy Glover, I want to say, had 12 or 13 sacks. Uh, Joe Johnson, you know what I'm saying? He had double-digit sacks. Norman Hand was plugging up the middle. He had Sammy Knight out there as your enforcer, you know what I'm saying, laying the wood on folk. Didn't pay none of them guys. Sammy Knight went to the Chiefs, Leroy Glove, I want to say went to the Cowboys, and Joe Johnson he went to the Packers, right? And, and with that, all they left around was Norman Hand, you know. And quite frankly, I feel like they left Norman Hand around because you know he he became almost like the Saints version of William the Refrigerator Perry, you know, like he would just he would just kind of like the face of the team at that particular time. But it was not a it was not a good decision, and I think a lot of The things that happened and the positivity that we that we gained, like from 2006 to the present had a lot to do with uh, Tom Benson's granddaughter, Rita Benson LeBlanc. Now, I know she has nothing to do with the team now, and that's none of my business when it comes to family affairs. But she definitely did that. Right. She was the one that was. You know, pushing to try to change the narrative about the New Orleans Saints. He was the one that was moving and shaking. And I got nothing but respect for Rita Bissell LeBlanc. You know, I know I I don't know about all the rest of that stuff. I wasn't there, but um, I think a lot of the ways of Tom Benson, and especially like when he started getting older, I think he started focusing more on legacy and he got a little bit more loose with that pocketbook. You know what I'm saying? Like that's when he, you know, you started. Giving money to Canton and stuff like that—that's the reason why Canton's field named after him. And he started giving money and became like a philanthropist. And so I think it had a lot to do with some of the things that taking that took place—the signing of Drew Brees, the signing of Sean Payton, maintaining Sean Payton, maintaining Drew Brees. Because I'm telling you, that would have been a time for some of some of the you younger Saint fans out there. There would have been a time where. The Saints probably would have got rid of Drew Brees because they because he wanted too much money. Seriously, as crazy as that sound, yeah, it would have happened. TJ, uh, does the chat know Tracy Porter was a part of some of our historically bad defenses? Yeah, I think. Look, <coughs> I'm not this. I, I can't. I'm not gonna knock Tracy Porter. Yes, he was a part of those, uh, you know, defenses, but. Like I said, I, I, when we talk about comparing him to Marshawn Lattimore, I think Lattimore is better. I'm not going to say that Porter would chop liver because he was not. I just think that the two plays that have been instilled inside of our minds kind of make us look at Tracy Porter as, you know, I mean, better than he actually was. Not to say he was terrible because he wasn't, but he just wasn't as like awesome as everybody just making him out to be like, he was on some Revis, Deion Sanders type stuff or something like that. Like he was shutting down the field. He was a good assignment guy. You know, you tell him to, you know, be over here and you know, make a you know, jump in front of a guy too every now and then, but yeah. But to say he um, better than Lattimore, that, that, I can't agree with that one. <laughs> what about Marshawn uh, Stiff-Arm and Porter twice on the Beastquake Quake run? I'm not look, this ain't the part. Look, guys are gonna guys are gonna give up plays. Guys are gonna not make plays. Guys are gonna, you know, th- things are gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? Like things things are gonna happen. Uh, but that that's not a that's we we shouldn't look at this like, oh, this because a guy dropped an interception or a guy miss a tackle, oh, he, he's not good. Like, even the best, even the best players. Make mistakes. Even the best players drop passes, fumble the football. It it just happened. I, I look, I'm not, I'm not trying to build, I ain't trying to build up no equity, bad equity, and be like, man, he he did he was good, but he did this. No. Uh, we need to hook Traequine up uh with Mariah so she can uh leave Zion alone. Uh <laughs> I'm not gonna touch that one right there. <laughs> That's for a whole different show. Uh, I remember after the Saints won the Super Bowl, they went to the White House. Obama said, I made a lot of decisions, but I never decided to go for an onside kick in the second half of the Super Bowl. (laughs) Yep, Yeah, that was that was a pretty gutsy call by him. Excellent example. T.J. Ravis had an island named after him. Yeah, I mean, look, that man was on a whole different level. Uh, Deion was the best uh, Dallas had. Uh, by far, but Larry Brown won the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, I mean, look, that that's that's the whole point. <coughs> and, and honestly, you can make an argument and say that Larry Brown won Super Bowl MVP because Neil O'Donnell didn't want to test Deion Sanders' side, right? You know, I mean, I remember that game. I watched that game. It was on NBC. I never forget it because it was the it was the first Super Bowl I actually remember. I'm pretty sure it wasn't the first Super Bowl. I, I I was, you know, watching or something like that, but it definitely was the first Super Bowl I can actually remember vividly. It was on NBC, and, uh, you know, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, taking on Dallas Cowboys. Neil O'Donnell was the quarterback. He threw more picks than Razor Ramon that day. Uh, a lot of them picks, I mean, any, like, honestly, the picks that Neil O'Donnell threw in that game, like, any one of us would have been Super Bowl MVP. Seriously. Um the, the Pittsburgh Steelers just did not have enough horses in the barn to beat the Cowboys, right? But it had a lot to do with the fact that he didn't want to test Deion Sanders' side. So I'm going to throw at Larry Brown. Larry Brown ended up getting paid by the Raiders, which was a huge mistake. Just like I hate to say it, you know, I'm probably going to make some people mad out there in Vicksburg because he's from there. But same thing with Malcolm Brown. I mean, Malcolm Brown, Uh, Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler had one play where he was a Super Bowl hero, got himself paid. Uh, with the Tennessee Titans, did absolutely nothing. Then he ended up like going to the Arizona Cardinals, did absolutely nothing, you know. I mean, but I ain't mad at you getting money. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things where you know, guys have those great moments, and then the next thing you know, like they out the league. You know, Alvin Harper is another guy, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. He was alongside Michael Irvin. You know, Tampa tried to pay him, tried to make him a number one receiver didn't happen you know like i said i mean you gotta allow these guys to play you gotta allow the league to keep turning in order for us to really evaluate these guys fully because we might find ourselves looking you know i won't say looking foolish but end up jumping out the window for a guy that don't deserve it is that why sam mills ended up in charlotte i think it was that and the fact that he was getting up there in age uh, ain't nobody worse than Brandon Browner. Yeah, that was pretty bad. That was pretty awful. Defensive coordinator hasley was good, no uh was good, no head coach. Well, I ain't gonna say that, man, because Jim hasley was a decent head coach, okay? And look, you gotta say he one of the best coaches the Saints ever had. Because first off, he's the first coach that led the Saints to the playoffs and they won. Right? Um a lot of times, <clears throat> I think it had a lot to do with the offense. You know, Mike McCarthy didn't do them boys no favors. Um, I I, I don't think that Hasler was that bad of a coach. I mean, when he went to Washington, they watched and went to the playoffs a couple of times with Jason Campbell. So, um, you know, I, I don't think he the worst coach I've ever seen. You know, I, I look, I feel like this, you know, at this particular stage, I would say that Haslett is more of a head coach and a coordinator than Dennis Allen is, right? I'm, I'm just I'm just being real, right, from what I've seen, right? I mean, I want to say Jim Haslett, he's the head coach of uh, the Seattle Sea Dragons and the XFL, or he was this past year. But I got nothing but respect for Jim Haslett, man. Jim Haslett uh, had a really good defensive mind, you know, and um, just the offense couldn't. Do anything, TJ? Who was the worst player you ever, uh, let me see, we've ever had as safety? The Saints ever had as safety? I'm not gonna say Jerry's Bird, I think Jerry's Bird was, um, I think Jerry's Bird was just the fact that the Saints paid him so much money and he didn't play because he was always hurt. Worst safe safety. Probably uh Fred Weary. That was probably the worst I was <coughs> in. Fred Weary. You know, uh, I think he probably was the worst. Um I'm trying to see. I'm trying to look back, trying to see who who the Saints had. Um that, that's probably like one of the worst I have seen. You know what I'm saying? Fred Weary was, was pretty terrible. Somebody said Roman Harper. Now Roman Harper was not a not a bad safety. He he definitely not. He he definitely wasn't a bad safety. Probably one of the best the Saints had. I mean, he wasn't the best in in coverage. Like, Jamal Jamal Adams reminds me a lot of Roman Harper. You know, Roman Harper is a guy who can come down. You know, he's a sure tackler. He's not the fastest guy in the world. I think that was proven when he caught an interception off uh, Sam Bradford, and he let Sam Bradford uh, slow him down. Uh, Somebody said Jay Bellamy. Yeah, that's a good one right there. That's a good one right there. Terrell Buckley. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Coming over, I think, from the Patriots. But he was a little bit long in the tooth run that round that time. You, he, was, he was a little bit long in the in the tooth. Uh, see, I thought Fred Weary was a cornerback. Um, I think Fred Weary was. Um, but I think he kind of, I think he played in between corner and uh and safety, if I'm not mistaken. I, I mean I could be wrong. I could be wrong on that. Let me let me make sure I'm I'm saying this right. I, I I thought I remember this dude uh playing. Let me see. Let's see, he played cornerback. Okay. So he played cornerback a little bit, but I can remember him, if I'm not mistaken, playing both ways. Um, but it could it could be. Yeah, I think he was a I think he was a cornerback for a while and then they tried to move him to safety, and maybe that's Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. I think he played safety, and he was so. He, I mean, corner, but he was so bad they kind of put him at safety, and it was, and it didn't make matters any better. I think that's the reason. why, Yeah, but technically, yeah, he was a cornerback. He he, he was a cornerback, but I think they they did some safety work with him, and um, it didn't work. Uh, Fred Thomas, worst DB point. Nobody worse. Uh, Jason David was pretty bad too. Uh, let's see, Weary was a safety for the Gators. Yeah, he was. He was. Like I said, he played a little bit of both. Couldn't cover uh, with a blanket. Couldn't, man, couldn't stop traffic with a stop sign. Weary got toasted every Sunday. Yeah, exactly. I remember I was drilled when we signed Mike McKenzie because our cornerbacks were so awful. Yeah, I mean, look, he couldn't go and, and I hate to say it, but he couldn't really guard nobody but Randy Moss. <laughs> you know, like he, but I will say this. You know, I think a lot of his best moments and his and his uh his best plays were made in, in in Green Bay, and I think that that was uh one of the reasons why you know it didn't really pan out consistently with the Saints. But I mean, he has some moments though. I can't. I, I know everybody remember that Monday night when uh he got signed. I want to say on a Tuesday of you know the Tuesday leading up to the Monday night game, and he played in the game and and shockingly, uh, shut down Randy Moss. TJ, what player has the most intriguing what-if story to you, Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, or Sterling Sharp? Um, You got to say Sterling Sharp. I mean, because (coughs) when it comes to Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders, both of those guys had a large sample size of a career, so much so that they were first ballot Hall of Famers. Uh, Sterling Sharp was a guy that was on the cusp of being a Hall of Famer. But unfortunately, um, you know, he, man, he had that neck injury. So I would have to say Sterling Sharp. Uh, Sterling Sharp was really good. He was on that level of, you know, those 90 wide receivers like a Jerry Rice, like a Michael Irvin, you know, like he was on that level. And and some people would even say that he was better. So I would say Sterling Sharp. You know, I think if Sterling Sharp played a couple more years, I don't, I don't think it would have been any debate that he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. So I mean, you got to say Sterling Sharp because the re- those other guys, yes, you know, they played for Detroit. Yes, you know, they they lost a lot, but both of those guys in the realm of NFL fans and 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 world, you know, what I'm saying and the world over are recognized as the greatest at their position. So, you know, let's see. Uh, TJ, uh, your StreamYard link ain't working. Uh, I don't know why, man. I don't know why. I don't know why it ain't working. Uh, Let me see. As far as what? I don't know why it ain't working, man, to be honest with you. Uh, I I apologize. Um, They say, I wish we would have got Eric Allen a couple of years earlier. Then it would have been a different conversation, Lattimore or Allen. Yeah, I mean, Eric Allen for the Eagles was pretty good. Um, Eric Allen for the Saints, uh, not so much. Let's see, uh, Sterling was first wide receiver with 100-plus catches in the season. Yep. Uh, TJ, I'm still annoyed to this day at how Chip Kelly ruined the Eagles team by trading all these key players. Well, I mean, look, Chip Kelly thought he could run a no-huddle offense in the National Football League, and it worked for a couple of weeks. i give him credit for that. But when teams start to adjust and coaches start to realize what you're doing, you know, it just kind of – You know, it kind of just kind of flakes out. It's kind of the same thing with the Wildcat. I I know y'all remember like when Miami brought the Wildcat out and they had Ronnie Brown and they had Ricky Williams running that thing. It was, it was hard. It was hard for anybody to stop it. Then the next year they tried to run that thing, man, you couldn't, couldn't do nothing. You know, like you couldn't even move that football during the Wildcat, just the way that it goes. (laughs) Even Shannon says he is the second best athlete in his family. Yeah. I mean, he even said in his Hall of Fame speech, he actually made a plea to the Hall of Fame committee to consider his brother. And I, I honestly, I think they should. If you put putting guys like uh, Terrell Davis in the Hall of Fame after, what, about six years of production, you know, and he dealt with them injuries, like, why not a guy like Sterling Sharp? But I think, unfortunately, Sterling Sharp going to be like one of those guys well, I, got, I can't even really say that because as, as time goes on, you're going to start seeing more people that you recognize and you've seen them play the entire time. And you're going to start seeing guys who are being recipients of the rules. And they're going to have like these big, you know, mammoth-type stats. And I just think that it's unfortunately going to just bump Sterling Sharp further and further down. And um, you know, it's unfortunate. But I just wish that, you know, they'll consider how good that dude was. TJ, were you a fan of Dorsey Levins? Yeah, Dorsey Levins was pretty good, you know, uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Solid running back, you know, dealt with some injuries and stuff like that. But when he was healthy, he made some, he made some plays. He made some plays, man. Uh, yo, TJ, how many safeties do you think the Saints will keep? Um, probably four. Probably four of them. Um, you're going to keep JT Gray right? because he play on special teams uh, you're going to keep uh, Marcus May, you're going to keep Tyre Matthew and uh, I'm pretty sure you're probably going to keep Lionel Johnson, guy like Jonathan Abram might be a cap, camp casualty uh, hey TJ, uh, why Brent Jones and Mark Jamara are not in the Hall of Fame uh, Mark Jamara what? <laughs> hell no to the no no, no. hell yeah, to the no Mark <laughs> Brent Jones Man what are we talking about Mark Jamara Wait a minute I, I, I we can't be talking about the same dude here Man we can't be talking about the same dude you got to be kidding me <laughs> Ah man um yeah Mark Jamara uh, absolutely not I don't even want to get. It. I had to. I had to think about the dude. Um, let's. See, I mean, I. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. Is uh, that Gale Sears is in after I believe six seasons? Uh, Sharp uh, should be in. Well, I think that you have to think about the time when Gale Sears was in there, and you also have to think about uh, certain innovations that weren't in play yet. So. That's maybe the reason why Gail says, uh, is in there. Uh, why? Uh, somebody laughing. Says, TJ, why are you ignoring my request? I've been wanting to use this.
2: You is kind. You is smart. You is important.
1: Just know that you're kind, smart, and important here on the says Saints podcast. Uh, let's see, uh, Honestly, Josh Hill already qualified as a Hall of Famer for real. For real, Josh Hill, uh, Saints Hall of Fame, <laughs> Saints Hall of Fame. You got to be talking about that, right? Uh, Josh, he's not ignoring you, he just missed it. Yeah, man. Look, I'm sorry, man. I, I <laughs> if I'm missing folk, uh, let's see. Sterling Sharp is still being talked about after all these years, so he should be. Yeah, I think, I think he should be it may be like one of those things where you know you know they always have that that one old guy that nobody really remember in this modern era uh you know probably played in the 60s or the 70s or something like that that they put in you know i think it's probably going to be like that unfortunately but i just hope that he can get in so he can see it the wide receivers in the 90s were bananas rice irvin carter rising uh sterling reed givens uh jeffers uh yeah Jeffries uh Ryan Smith Tim Brown Herman Moore Isaac Bruce yeah i mean the list goes on and on a lot of talent a lot of talent uh a lot of talented players uh what Saint outside of Cam that's on his roster do you feel like is another hall of fame candidate uh i feel like Alvin Kamara is a hall of fame candidate uh, a couple more good years from Lattimore, i feel like he would be a a, a candidate um This might sound insane, but if Taysom Hill can have like three more years, I can see him in the Hall of Fame. Like, I want people to hear me out with this. You gotta understand, like, Taysom Hill carved out a lane for himself. He's like a pioneer when it comes to, you know, his position, because he has no position. It's almost like, uh, to me, it's almost it's almost like you got to make an exception for a guy kind of like how i feel about steve tasker like to me i don't i cook like i don't think he in all the Hall of fame but he should be like steve tasker was a special teams ace like one of the, like the best special teams player of all time like i feel like you you got to start making exceptions for guys like that like you're you're not breaking the doors down to let a kicker in, but when Justin Tucker retires, he should be in the Hall of Fame. I feel like if a guy carves out a lane for himself, if he becomes a pioneer and he plays for an extended amount of time doing that thing, then I feel like he should be in the Hall of Fame. Like seriously, now I do feel like it's probably going to be like one of them things where unfortunately Taysom won't be able to see, or he probably be kind of old in old age when it happens, but. I do feel like, based on the, based on who he is, like based on and what he represents, and how how coaches are now trying to find guys that can replicate what Taysom Hill has done for seven years, I think you have to give him some credit for that, seriously. But you know, you you can't just be out here, you know, what I'm saying just running that joint and not going anywhere. You know, but if he can consistently be an offensive weapon for at least three more years, that would make him have 10 NFL seasons. And me personally, if you're doing, catching passes like a tight end, running the ball in between, attacking like a running back and throwing touchdowns, yeah, I, I think that should be a play for you. You know? Yeah, let's see. Uh, hold on, TJ. You said Taysom Hill, a future Hall of Famer. I didn't say Taysom Hill is a future Hall of Famer. I said if he had like three good years, you know, I can see because of his position and you know what I'm saying? Him being a pioneer of that position. But I'm not saying that he's a he's a certified Hall of Famer. I'm just giving, I'm just giving my opinion. I'm not saying he a future Hall of Famer. I'm saying like based on the position that he plays and how it's innovative and you ain't, I ain't never seen like I've never seen a player play so many positions on the field like Taysom Hill has special team quarterback running back tight end and be effective at every position every position Taysom Hill has played he's made an impact Rad is running down the field making a tackle being the first one to make a tackle Rad is blocking a punt rather is throwing a touchdown rather is running a touchdown right or catching a touch I ain't never seen that. i never i never seen a guy that multi multi talented in my in my in my entire time watching football, and I just feel like when guys are pioneers when it comes to that, I think that they they should be in a hall of fame. Now I feel like if guys come after him and they kind of replicate that, if they supersede what he does, then yes, they should be in there too. But I I feel like when you find some a guy who is a a pioneer you know, the godfather of their position, then I do feel like they need to put him in the hall of fame. You know? I, I do. I mean, cause how many players can you think about throughout history have you ever seen like uh Taysom Hill? I haven't, you know, I, I never seen like in my lifetime, I've never seen a guy like Taysom Hill. So yeah, I do feel like if he plays like three more years and he's consistent and he is impactful like he has been, yes, I do feel like they need to find a place for him. I ain't saying he gonna should be a first ballot. I ain't saying that he should be a second ballot. I I mean this could be one of those situations where you get passed on on and on, but in and when teams start to find more guys like Taysom Hill, you gotta start looking back and, and, and saying, man, you know what? Who's the first guy that really was doing all these things? And it's Taysom Hill. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah, Steve Tasker and Don Beebe should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. (coughs) You know, I I think Steve Tasker, to me, um, not so much Don Beebe, even though I think that Don Beebe was one of the best slot receivers of his his, uh, generation. Uh, But I I definitely would say uh, Steve Tasker. Taysom beat the Seahawks last year by himself. Uh, Never mind. Taysom fumbled the ball once he gets uh, hit hard. Then misses the next two to three weeks. I mean, what I mean, I, I don't understand it, man. I, I just <laughs> there, everybody get hurt, man. Everybody get injured, right? And if we like everybody, like I can say for every Saints player that has ever played, no matter how great they are, I can talk about a bone-headed play that they did make or a mistake that they didn't make. But that doesn't mean that that person isn't good. That doesn't mean that that person isn't great. That doesn't mean that that person didn't make an impact. You know, I just think sometimes, man, we we look at a person's shortcomings and, like, that's just not the way to do it, man. You know, and honestly, I think that that's kind of funny, you know, that you say that, uh, Jerry, but you're the biggest Jameis Winston fan that's walking the face of guys green earth. So you're bringing up, a, you know, taste some imperfection of fumbling. But you will shout from the rooftop how great Jameis Winston is if he throws an interception and if anybody says that he shouldn't be the starting quarterback of the Saints. Not trying to put you on the spot, but I'm just saying, man, I'm, I'm just saying, right? We got to be careful about how what we're doing and what we're saying, you know? I mean, I know he makes mistakes, but you're a guy, a lot of people make arguments that he makes a lot of, you know, even though I like Jameis, shots out to him, shouts out to the team. I'm just saying we... We, we got to be careful with that because somebody can hit you with that that one right there, buddy. Uh, let's see. Colston uh, holds Saints records for receptions. Yeah. Yeah, he, he does. You know, and uh, Colston is definitely one of the most underrated wide receivers of all time. And uh, unfortunately, probably going to be one of those guys that never makes the Hall of Fame. You know, I just think when, I, I wrote an article a couple weeks ago about Colston when he turned 40. And, uh, you know, I was just saying, you know, I think that what hurt Colston was his uh, quiet demeanor, you know, and he was playing in an era where, you know, the diva wide receiver was uh, was being birthed. You know, uh, you had the Chad Johnsons, you had the Terrell Owens, you had the Steve Smith. like you had these guys out here, you know, with the theatrics and the, and the dance moves, you know, and Coasting. I mean, Coasting just cross his heart and point up to the sky. You know, that was his that was his celebration. You know, you rarely knew Coasting exists. You know, but if you need a play. You need a touchdown. Here come number 12. But I just think that the lack of Pro Bowl appearances, uh, the lack of all pros, I don't think it was his fault. Like I I really honestly feel like if Marcus Colston had a personality like Michael Thomas, he probably would have gotten more consideration than he did. But I just think that because he was so quiet and, you know, other guys who were very boisterous, I just think that it kind of hurt Colston. But Colston was definitely – uh one of the best, you know. He, he definitely was one of the best. Uh, let's see. That's not true. I'm the biggest Jameis Winston fan in here, but I can tell the truth about him. Oh yeah. I mean, look. I mean, it. That wasn't. You know. That wasn't a, a knock. You know what I'm saying on Jameis at all. I'm just saying. You know, like if we're talking about guys in perfection, I mean, we can like say that about anybody. I'm. I'm. We can say that about Drew Brees. You talk about Drew Brees. You know, and and some of the things that he did you know, and, and, but everybody makes mistakes, but I don't think that's a knock or a indicator of a guy's not good or a guy, you know, but now nah, I, I don't know. If a guy has enough built up equity to, to you know, kind of, you know, for us to look back and be like, man, this dude was a good player. You know, I mean, we got to give him credit. Like he's a good player. A fumble is not going to be the deciding factor or, you know, a guy not being good or a guy not making a Hall of Fame. Just not. Uh, hey, TJ, Pierre Thomas was never the same after getting hit and knocked out of the 49ers game. Yeah, yeah for the most part. <coughs> and yeah, we, and the Saints needed him that, that game. And I honestly feel like if he, he stayed in, Saints probably would have had enough to win. Uh, TJ, I can see Alave breaking Quiet Stone's record. Yeah. I mean, I can see Michael Thomas breaking, you know, his records, but... I mean, it all depends on if he wants to come back or not. But uh, And receiving yards, not just receptions. Yeah, he, he has all the same statistical records as a receiver. Uh, this team will never have survived without Traquan. Let's keep it 100. Um, survive without Traquan for what?
0: Oh, hell no! <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, TJ, uh, who uh, would scare you most in the open field one on one? Reggie Bush, Shady, uh, Corey Dillon, or uh, AP of the bus? Um, Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson, absolutely. Like, Adrian Peterson had really good breakaway speed, he had power. Man, Adrian Peterson was something special when he was younger, even when he was in Oklahoma. I mean, the dude was like virtually unstoppable. I mean, Reggie Bush. If we talking like USC Reggie Bush, yeah, um, Shady McCoy, mm, you know, he was good. But I mean, I would I would uh, say you know USC Reggie Bush, um, Oklahoma or Minnesota, uh, Adrian Peterson, um, Jerome Bettis, yeah, he would he would drop that shoulder on you. But if we talking about the open field, I feel like I would be able to catch uh, Jerome Bettis, clip him up or something. Like if he full head of steam. Now if I'm a safety or something like that, and I'm last line defense, yeah, I'll probably be a little bit nervous. But Adrian Peterson to me is is that guy. He that dude. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, that that would be my one. Another good day of life. Absolutely, inevitable. Uh, uh you ain't never lied. Let's see. Uh, my uh, he's a great guy, and very good looking. Says, uh, Josh, thank you very much for the two dollars. Uh, let's see. Uh, if you had to take a hit from one of these safeties, who would it be? Brian Dawkins, John Lynch, or Ed Reed? Neither one of them. How about that? <laughs> I don't want to get hit by nobody. <laughs> uh, but nah, I would have to say, uh, Brian Dawkins, like John Lynch was a pretty hard hitter too. Ed Reed, you know, really solid tackler. But I never really looked at him as, like, just this ferocious, like, like you know, tackler. More like a guy who can get the ball and, uh, you know, generate turnovers. Definitely was a ball hawk, you know. And I apologize if I'm sniffling, folks. If you just tuned in, I'm a little bit under the weather. It says, TJ, Victor Cruz put up some good stats when he was on it with the Giants. Yeah, I mean, is it good enough to make the Hall of Fame? I don't know. We'll see. TJ, even though you're sick with a cold, you still carry it on with the SOTS podcast. Thanks, brother. Paul, appreciate it, man. And uh, I-, I apologize once again. I have to say this. Uh, I've been coughing. Um, nose just been running and stuff like that. Uh, but definitely wanted to do a show. Um, definitely wanted to get uh, people's uh, thoughts and views on um, the, quarter- the cornerback competition that's taking place in New Orleans. Uh, and... Um, yeah, you know, thank y'all for being here. Uh, Steve Atwater's knocked people block off. Yeah, I mean, he ruined uh, Christian Akoye's career, right? You know, everybody was uh, scared of Christian Akoye, and then all of a sudden, here come uh, Steve Atwater. Knocked that boy out, and the legend died that day. Yeah, I think it was a Monday night football game. Rest in peace to Ray Lewis' son. Yeah, Ray Lewis' son, um unfortunately, lost his life. Uh, accidental overdose, uh, according to uh, sources. Um, that's not the most important thing, the, the 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 most important, well, I won't say it's the most important thing, but it, I don't think that should be a, like the lasting impression of what people remember him. You know, you got to think about, you know, Ray Lewis, a father, you know, losing his son. I mean, man, I could only imagine, you know, how much, you know, I love my son. Everybody know this. Y'all just seen him on camera. I love my son. You know, he's my world. My wife, my world. Like, if I was to lose any one of them, I'd be lost. I don't don't think I would be able to go on. So, um, definitely praying for that brother, you know, Ray Lewis and uh, the rest of his family, uh, the brothers and sisters uh, that Ray, uh, Ray the third, I want to say he's Ray Jr., if I'm not mistaken. Um, Yeah, I mean, all the brothers and sisters he left behind, man, God bless him. God bless him. Uh, TJ take some, uh, NAC, uh, also, I now have lost 160 pounds. Well, that's great, Josh. You know, great to hear that you, uh, you know, you lost weight, you know, that's important, you know, to stay in shape, staying healthy and, um, uh, keep, yeah, keep on that path. That's important. You know, um, having, having, a uh, really good health is extremely important. Uh, it helps you, uh, to prevent from like having these, uh, underlining, uh you know sicknesses and diseases and stuff like that when people you know a certain weight so that's important man to have a you know a a really good lifestyle uh tj don't uh be like actress viola davis uh with the snot <laughs> well nah man i mean i'm just sniffling you know what i'm saying i don't think it's running yet if it was i just you know cut the camera off <laughs> overdose not accident don't do drugs um uh, overdose is, you know, could be an accident, you know, is accidental overdose. Some people look, if you're not a medical professional, I mean, you mixing concoctions together and stuff like that, you know, this ain't like, you know, like what I like to do. I like to do a little, you know, what I'm saying combination when I'm eating chips, right? I don't just eat one bag of chips, I eat two, you know, I mix a little high fries with the white cheddar popcorn or something, you know what I'm saying? Like that That ain't nothing. But, you know, when we talk about, some of these medications and stuff like that and you mixing these these different things together that don't go. I mean, if you're not a medical professional, you know, you don't know, you know, you you hear about these things or somebody recommend that and, you know, a lot of peer pressure out here for these young cats, you know, trying to fit in, trying to act like, you know, act like they own and, you know, they with it, you know, it, it just was a bad, it was just a bad night at the office, unfortunately, you know, uh tj i feel the same way i'm wondering if it had uh to do with sleeping with the ac on then being out in the heat all day um that it could be you know i'm saying i ain't gonna lie to you you know i came downstairs and i you know i seen the air conditioning in my house over the weekend was at 66 i'm like wait whoa wait a minute you know we, we normally don't keep it that cold up in the joint you know what i'm saying but uh it was like at 66 i'm like man what is going on you know but uh i don't know what it is man i mean it could be that could be you know coming in you know and being in a cold element like my house and then man we went out to the beach uh, i was at a event you know uh over the weekend juneteenth event i mean it could have been a lot of things could have been a lot of things i don't know but just hate being sick tj who's winning 100 yard days chris johnson john ross brandon cooks tyreek hill or chris alave um, I would have to say um John Ross. I have to say John Ross. I think John Ross ran track 100 meters or something like that, so he probably have a good start, you know, take off. Let's see. Uh TJ, uh his name is Foster Morrow. Yep. Foster Morrow. <laughs> yep. that what i am I'm I'm gonna put emphasis on his last name since people was like. Yeah, his name ain't Monroe. Like all these uh, phonetic, uh you know, uh professionals out there. Uh, NAC completely got rid of my COVID two months ago. Yeah. Well, look, I'm all for like just feeling better. I don't care what it is. You know what I'm saying? I just don't like being sick. Uh, chips ain't drugs, TJ. I know it ain't, but I'm just saying though, you know, mixing. I'm just saying I mix, you know, mix different things. I use this example as, you know, I don't think about you know the the cholesterol combination i don't think about that you know what i'm saying like well all, all i'm saying is when you're doing things sometimes you're not thinking about what can possibly happen you know what I'm saying, especially if like people are telling you about these things and they're living to tell you about it and you combine that with peer pressure you know sometimes people can make mistakes and uh, you know that's why they call it an accidental overdose. Like my wife, you know, for those that don't know, is a nurse practitioner. You know, my wife was to prescribe certain things to a person. You know, what I'm saying she'll be able to know, you know, how many milligrams and all that kind of stuff, or what not to mix. You know, but I, as a as a regular, you know, a radio broadcaster, or podcast, like I don't know that stuff. You know, so a lot of these kids don't, and that's that's one of the main reasons why. You have such a high percentage of kids losing their lives due to accidental overdose. They, they don't want to die. You know, they 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 feel like they just want to have a, a good time, you know. But unfortunately, this is one of those situations where, you know, it just it ended badly. Excuse me, I had to sneeze. <clears throat> I'm going to read a few more and then I'm going to get up out of here, folks. Thank the uh the medicine I took wearing off here. Wait, TJ, what did uh Daryl Green run the four? I think he ran like a four-two and 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 was fast his whole life, you know, because we know Daryl Green, he played for a long time for the for the Redskins. Devery Henderson was a sub 4-3, wasn't he? Yes. Devery Henderson was really fast, especially in college. Uh TJ, when you and Big Q going to hook up. I don't know, man. I mean, when we get an opportunity, you know, I know a lot of times, you know, um, when, uh, you know, Big Q and I, you know, talk, a lot of the shows will have to take place on weekends and I don't know, man, like uh, at that particular time, um, I wasn't able to do it because my wife uh, was working weekends and uh, for the most part, you know, I was at home with Paxton, but now, you know, my wife uh, no longer works weekends, it could probably be easier. And then on top of that, man, me and um, Big Q... Uh man, we share the same love and passion for boxing. So, I mean, we'd we'll love to, like, talk, you know what I'm saying, just about other things other than, you know, I would love to talk same football, of course, but also with boxing. I mean, anybody that knows Big Q or keep up with him know that he's a really good guy, and he's even, like, a greater human being, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think, look, there- there's a few people that you meet and you talk to and you see them, like, on screen and then they're the same person like that you see like and that's that's not a facade like the way big q is that's that's not a facade that's not a character that he's playing like he's a like a real legitimately loving caring person and really passionate about what he does and i have nothing but respect for him would love to do um you know love to do a show with him you know there's a couple guys like that you know mike detilla is another ross jackson uh is another uh Steve Weish, like is is another I mean so so many different people you know that that you get opportunity to meet behind the scenes and meet personally you now you see like the type of personality that they have and you realize like it's just not a facade that's just the, the essence of who they are and uh big q definitely uh man has positive energy like when you watch his show like that's who he is and uh i think that's the reason why he's he's so great at what he does you know because it is not an act i think the biggest issue with people face when they're doing podcast um if they're not being themselves they kind of quit or give up throwing the towel because um it's not who they really are so i don't think it's a coincidence that most people that are successful in the podcast game is is a is a, probably the them or it's probably them turned up a little bit, you know, but it's still them as a person. Uh let's see. Uh Adebo did way too much holding. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Uh let's see, hit that like button and subscribe to the SOTS on your way out. Yeah, speaking of which, thank you, thank you, King and Arthur. You know, I appreciate that, man. Um, the segue to uh to say that this has been the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Uh, Much love to everybody uh, here. Uh, Shouts out to all those individuals that uh, chimed in, called in on the show, also made the comments. No matter how you contribute to the show, really do appreciate it. Uh, You can check out previous episodes that are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Uh, The State of the Saints podcast is also a part of the Belly Up Media Network. And also you can check out Megaphone FM. (laughs) for the state of the saints podcast as well uh, check out gumbopiesports.com. just put out an article today about Taysom hill that i want you all to check out him playing a little bit more receiver um also uh hbcu news we just uh started that as well as college football news that we're going to be uh plugging for the gumbo pie sports as well so gumbo sports.com. and also you can follow me on twitter at tjayjones8 till next time all I gotta say is, who that? Hey,
0: don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. I'm good. <laughs>